Welcome to the Grand Point Church Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Stein, and today's message is the second in our Mud Run series, and it's called Encouraged by Prayer. This message was featured at our campuses on Mother's Day, and today you'll hear Pastor Chad Shute share on Colossians 1, 1-14. If you'd like to follow along, consider reading the passage in the message version. You know, the number one question I got today as I walked in the building, anybody have an idea what it was? Chad, why in the heck are you wearing a suit this morning? You know, I, I, very rarely have I ever wore a suit. And I may have wore a sport jacket with jeans. My everyday dress is jeans and a button-down shirt. I don't know why. I mean, my wife makes fun of me. She's like, would you stop, shop at a different store? You know, she's like, I'm tired of seeing you in a button-down shirt and jeans. Don't you have anything else? I'm like, no, it's what I'm comfortable in. And so this morning, though, I thought, I'm going to be different. And the reason is this. When I was a kid growing up, I kind of grew up in a fundamentalist background and, you know, kind of went to a Baptist. Well, I didn't kind of. I did go to a Baptist church. And so every Sunday, my mom either, either made me wear a jacket or a tie. I mean, I either wear a suit or a tie to church, one of the two, and most of the time, both. And if it was Mother's Day, boy, it was you were wearing both to church because Mama said you were. Well, not only did I realize my mom dressed me in a suit, I remember back to my grandmother, one of the other mothers that I knew early in life, and one time we went to her church, and I really didn't want to dress up, so guess what? I forgot to pack. Yep, I didn't pack my good clothes. So what did she do? She went out... And she bought me a suit that I was going to wear to her church that Sunday morning. And I couldn't even get out of wearing dress clothes when I didn't pack them. Not only that, the next mother in my life, my mother-in-law, when I got ready to go to a job interview, she said, what are you wearing? And so I showed her the shirt and the jacket. She said, there's no way you are wearing that to your interview. And she went out with my wife and they got me a new jacket and shirt to wear to that church interview on the first one I went to. And so this morning, I am wearing a suit to honor my mom and my grandmas and my mother-in-law that are in my life. So if they are watching online, which at some point they were, were this will be this week, this suit is for you. So I, I love my mom. I want to give them a shout out this morning. You know, as I think of Mother's Day, I also realize that there are other people who played significant roles in my life that wasn't a mother, but were mother figures to me. I had a teacher in school named uh, Mrs. Phillips. In fact, she just passed away a few years ago, and my best friend was uh, his, her son. And I can remember her, and she used to make sure in school I stayed on the straight and narrow. You know, she was there to give me a whop upside the head literally if I needed it. And she was there also to encourage me on those days that were difficult. You know, when I was a little younger than that, I, there was a lady named Mrs. Stork. She was an older lady. I, I thought she was really old when I was little. And, and she used to take care of me when my parents were gone, or they would go on a trip, and she would come to our house. And they loved me as a mom. But one of the things I realized is that every one of us, no matter where we're at in life, have people who have poured into our lives. As Chris mentioned earlier, Mother's Day is one of those holidays that for many families are a mix of emotions. 
As I was talking with my dad yesterday, we were reminiscing over my grandma's, his mom and my mom's mom, and it's kind of a sad day for them. They remember the loving hands that used to hold them, and they remember the times that they would provide for them and care for them, and, and they, you know, he almost remembered and, you know, almost in tears, remembering the love that the mom has that they wish one more time they could have. You know, for my nieces and nephews and for some other family members, they during the Father's Day and Mother's Day seasons, it's not as memorable because they had parents who, who either abused them or didn't treat them the way that they, they should have when they were younger. And so for them, it's kind of that mix of emotion uh, of life. But this morning, what I want us to focus on and what I want us to remember is that we have people in our life. You know, when we think back, there are mother figures in our life who have loved us, cared for us, And this morning, what I want to do is just start off taking a moment and thanking God for those mothers and the mother figures and those ladies in our lives who have loved us, even when we were unlovely. So I just want to spend a minute and pray, have that prayer this morning. Father, we thank you so much for, in your infinite wisdom, for bringing mothers and other ladies into our life who have helped shape us into what we are today. Lord, we thank You for the love that they've shown for us. And Lord, even in those moments in our lives, in those times in our lives where where there's a mix of emotions today, Lord, what what I pray that we can do is look and thank You for the love that You have for us ultimately that has been shown through others. Lord, I pray as we dive into our message this morning that You would help us to lean in to learn and to walk away with a change in our actions and our being because of who you are and what you've shown us this morning. And we ask it all in your son's name. Amen. Hey, we are in the middle of a series called Mud Run. You know, when I was a kid, I used to love mud. In fact, somebody told me they had some pictures because I couldn't say when I was a kid because even as I got older, I kind of loved mud. You know, there's just something about mud that's great. How many of you like mud? You know, it's one of those things I just love getting on a four-wheeler and riding through the mud, being nasty. Well, my wife, on the other hand, grew up in the city, and she's like, I hate mud. You know, mud's what we keep out of the house. So I was actually trying to give her a hug, and this is what she does. Sprays me with cold water on a 50-degree day in the middle of it. But there's something about mud that is just incredible, isn't it? You know, one of the greatest spankings I ever had came out of mud. You know, I, I don't apologize for that. It helps shape who I am. And, and you know, I, I know there are different thoughts with that. Understand, my mom loved me, and I have no doubt of that. And, and, and I needed that to help shape me into who I was today because, you know, I think she hoped by putting a suit on me I'd be a good boy, and that just didn't happen some of the times. And so I can remember this one day we were getting ready to go somewhere, probably something at church or over to somebody's house, and she said, Chad, don't ride your bike through the mud. You can go ride your bike, but don't ride it through the mud. Now, if you told somebody who loves mud not to get in the mud, what is that? That's like, you know, that's like a moth to a flame. You know, it's kind of like trying to tell uh, a dad stay out of the kids Halloween candy. You know, it's like, no, you can't say that. And so she said, Chad, stay out of the mud. So I got on my bike and started riding around the neighborhood. My friends saw I was out, so they came out with me. And so we got to the edge of the dirt trails and started to look down. You know what the thought process was? It's not that muddy. I can just ride in just a little ways to see. So I, I rode in, man. I'm riding through the trails, and, 
and I, I, I'm riding, and all of a sudden we come to this hill and look down, and you had to kind of go through a little stream. There wasn't much water in it, and you get up the other side, and I knew if I could get through and not fall, I was golden. So I ride down the hill, ride up the other side, ride back to my house. I look down. Man, I am clean. Man, I got no mud on me. I'm golden. I'm good. And I walk in my house, and my mom says, Chad, you rode through the mud, didn't you? I'm like, nope. I'm pleased she says, Chad, I'm giving you one more chance. You rode through the mud, didn't you? I'm like, nope, I didn't. Look, I'm clean. She's like, turn around and look at your back in the mirror. And I turned around, and up my back was the biggest mud splotch you ever saw coming up my back. You know, I couldn't feel it because I had my jacket on and my pants and my shoes. And I'm like, oh, no, I got the biggest spanking of my life. You know, as I begin to think about that and think back on that, I realized mud was fun. It was, made it harder to ride through. You know, it, it made it difficult. It, it wasn't like riding on the road. You had to work at it and get through. And then I began to think about this. You know, throughout life, sometimes life gets muddy. You know, it gets difficult. You feel like you're sludging. You feel like you can't move from one day to the next. And as I look at that, I'm like, this isn't fun. You know, when I'm on a four-wheeler and can enjoy it, but when I'm in life and I, I just feel like I, I'm getting dirty at everything I do, and I take a step forward, but it's like I'm taking three steps. I'm like, mud is not fun. You know, as we begin this series, I want us to understand that all of life is mud. You know, as we walk through life, it never goes as expected. My wife and I were driving around yesterday, and we were talking about our last almost 25 years of marriage. And we were remembering some of the years, and we were like, would you ever have thought that would happen? No, would you ever have thought we lived in Pennsylvania? That, no, and people out east were weird. You know, we're from the Midwest. We're from Chicago. East people are weird. You know, I have no idea where Gettysburg is. What's, what's that? I know that's where wars happen. But anyway, we're, we're talking about life, and we realize this. Do we realize that even though life never went as scripted, and it was hard and difficult. We made it through. And we begin to talk about how we made it through life and how life managed and how, how we began to walk through life. And what we realize is this series is so exciting because it's some of the keys that we found in our life. Last week, Dan talked to us, and Lawrence, if you were in the sanctuary, talked to us about being empowered by the Holy Spirit and how when we choose to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within us and helps us to walk the path we call life. And this morning, we're going to talk about one of the greatest gifts that I believe can happen in our life. And that gift is the gift of prayer. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul begins to tell us about this church of Colossae. And so this morning, what I want to do is I just want to dive into this passage and I want to begin looking at how prayer can be an encouragement to us even in the difficult seasons of life. Even in those seasons where we really just aren't quite sure what's going to happen. In Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, it says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Now let's stop there for just a second. You know, this epistle or this book of the bible is starting off a little different than some of paul's other writings sometimes paul wrote i your fellow bond servant or i your fellow uh wanderer or there were other ways he started let the letter but in this one he says paul an apostle of jesus christ now when i read that i'm like man now paul are you getting ready to tell us how great you are 
You know, it's kind of like, I'm an apostle, everybody listen. No, what he's saying is this. I want you to understand that an apostle is somebody who speaks the truth of God. What Paul is telling the church in Colossae, I want you to understand that what I am about to tell you, the words I am about to give you, the encouragement I'm going to tell you is directly from God himself. You know, sometimes in life we just need to know that something is from God. Have you ever been in one of those places where you just weren't sure where to turn and you're like, God, please, just help me. God, please, just let me know what to do. The church of Colossae was at one of these places. In fact, Paul goes on to say, not only is he um, an apostle, but he says, you're saints to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. You know, these were young Christians. They had been saved just a few months to maybe a couple of years at most. So for them to think of themselves as saints or something more than just fellow wanderers was really unique. But Paul says, I want you to understand you're valuable before God. You know, not only am I telling you this, God is telling you that you are a saint. You are valuable when you choose to follow Him. You're valuable in what you do. And then he goes on to tell us these people are from Colossae. Now, if we just read that, we may not understand what Colossae really is. Colossae was a port city. At one time, it was a thriving place, the major port on that coast. But the problem was it was a shallow port. And so as the newer and bigger ships began to come in, what happened was they couldn't get into the port of Colossae. In 15 miles to each side were two new ports that were there. And so the big ships were coming into those ports and the commerce was moving there. And the hub of activity was moving there. And so these people were in the middle of a town that was going nowhere. You know, I I don't know if you've ever lived in a place like that. When I was growing up, we used to go to Versailles, Illinois, my grand and grandpa's town. Now, the funny thing is it's a town of 300 people, and there's only 300 people that live there even now. And so it's one of those places where the rest of society passed, and it's kind of like they're just moving through life. When we went back there several months ago for my grandfather's funeral, what I realized is this. Time really has stood still. I walked in and they actually knew who I was by me ordering food, that I was a stranger from outside of town. You know, as I began to talk to people there, one thing they realized is while they were happy, they realized what is today will probably always be. And that's kind of their outlook on life. And as I began to think about that, I thought, man, in life so many times isn't that us? We desire for something great. We desire for something more. But the problem is, what we think is that our past may be greater than our future. You know, as mothers, sometimes we're stuck in the rut of parenting. And I remember as a parent, the years from 5 years old to 12 years old seemed like the longest years in history. You know, it seems like we would never get out of those stages. How in the world are we going to get through it? But I can tell you from experience by dropping my daughter off at her first home that she's going to move into with her husband yesterday. This seems like just yesterday that she started kindergarten. But sometimes we can be so stuck where we are that we say, you know what? I'm not sure my future can get any better. But the exciting thing is that in this passage, what he helped the church in Colossae to understand is that the greatest gift they could have is that somebody is praying for them. And that somebody, no matter how difficult times got, would continue to pray for them. In fact, he says in verse 3, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have, been, or you have heard before in the word of truth, which is the gospel. Verse 7, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so from this day we heard, and we have not stopped praying for you. You know, when you look through Scripture, one of the greatest things that can happen is that people are prayed for. In the Old Testament, Job, in Job chapter 42, spent time praying for his friends, even when he was in the midst of trial. Moses prayed for Aaron, that he would be a great leader. Samuel prayed for uh, Israel. David prayed for Israel and for his son Solomon. Isaiah prayed for the people of God. Daniel prayed for the nation of Israel, even when he was in the middle of the lion's den. We move to the New Testament realize Jesus prayed for his disciples that they would endure and remain faithful. Paul prayed for the Christians that were persecuted all over the world. And Epaphras prayed for the church. And Paul prayed for the church in Colossae. You know, when we begin to look, what I had to realize is that prayer had to become an integral part of my life. That I needed to pray and not just pray in generic ways that God blessed, but pray in the way that Paul began praying for the church here in Colossae. You know, as we be continue in that passage in, in verse 9, he said, And so from this day we heard and have not stopped ceased to be praying for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. What Paul was praying for here is that they would be utterly controlled by the Spirit in their life. That they would have a knowledge of exactly what to do and how to do it and be obedient to what we have in our lives. You know, in my life, one of the things that I have found out is that oftentimes I pray and ask God for wisdom and how to live today. But oftentimes I'm not willing to live the way he wants me to today. You know, for me, when I begin to walk through my day and I know what he wants me to do, I know that he wants me to love my family and I know he wants me to be kind and he, I know he wants me and I could make the list of things that I know he desires of me today. But oftentimes what I do is say, you know what, I'm going to put those things aside because I'm sure... He has something better. If I could encourage us to realize that people are praying for you and that their prayer is that we would do today what God has, us, has for us. And as we begin to look through that, he also says in verse 10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know, this idea of walking in a manner worthy is, is the way we live our daily lives. Walking as if we're children of God. I believe that nothing is more displeasing to God than when we claim His name and then we live however we want. You know, somehow we think that just because I claim the name of God and I say that I follow Christ, that, that we can do whatever we want. Or maybe we don't say that, but that's how we in turn begin to live. And what Paul is praying here, he's saying, Lord, would you help the church at Colossae to live in a manner worthy of their calling? You know, we've been called as children of God. We've been called as those who, who need to follow Christ. And we need to begin living in a way that shows that. You know, one of the greatest hindrances to the cause of Christ 
is the hypocrisy that we live in our lives, living out every day. It tells us not only that we're to walk worthy in the manner, it also tells us that we need to bear fruit in every good work. Throughout Scripture, it talks about fruit. It talks about what different kinds of fruit are. In Galatians chapter 5, it talks about a fruit that comes from the inside out. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love that produces action, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You know, those are things that become inward characteristics of our lives that, that show on the outside. In other passages of Scripture, it talks about the fruit of salvation in 1 Corinthians 16. It says, brethren, from the house of, of Stephen, that is the first fruit of Achaia. And Achaia was one who proclaimed Jesus Christ. And it says, those who came to know Christ under his ministry were his fruit. You know, as we look at being fruitful, we have to understand that our lives need to be lived in such a way where others turn to Christ. And others begin to look at who we are and say, why are we that way? The scripture also talks about the fruit of praise, Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifices of praises to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You know, for those who are new to church, this idea of singing together or, or, or corporate, what we call corporate worship may be weird. But this is where that comes from, that we want to, on our lips, out of our lips, come praise and honor and love to God. This morning it was so exciting to see Lila because out of the mouth of children, praises come. You know, I loved when we, when, whenever we walk through the halls or walk down the street and all of a sudden we hear somebody either singing or otherwise giving praise from their lips to God. The only way that we can do that is as he says in the end of this that we are increasing in our knowledge of who God is. You know, we're continually living out the Word of God. You know, you may say, Chad, how, how in the world do we begin to live into what Paul is praying? I want to share two ways I believe we can do that. The first way is begin doing it yourself. You know, begin leaning into God's Word and begin praying for yourself and for those around you. You know, you're like, but you don't understand how busy my schedule is. You know, there was a time where I had to actually put a reminder on my phone to wake up and start my day in prayer. You know, if I say, Siri, would you wake me up and remind me to pray this morning? Or if I turn to my bedside thing, Alexa, and say, Alexa, would you wake me up at 6.30 and remind me? You know what she'll do? She'll wake me up and remind me to pray. It's kind of cool. But I would encourage you, set a reminder. When you wake up, let the first thing out of your mouth be, Lord, help me today to live and understand you better. The second way I believe that we can do that is by being with other people. <coughs> Some people ask, Chad, why is it so important that we come to church? Why is it so important that we have a group of friends who are Christians? And I have found it's easier to live out my daily life with those around me than it is by myself. You know, I would encourage you, stop by our hub. <coughs> Doug would love to get you involved in the life of other people. <coughs> You know, as we begin to look at this passage, ultimately what was happening is Paul was reminding the church at Colossae, you are in a difficult situation. You're in a situation where you don't see the hope of the future. But I want you to know and be encouraged 
that you are being prayed for on a daily basis and not just in a general way, but in a specific way that leads to your becoming more like Christ. Grand Point Church, I want you to know this, that each and every day our church is prayed for. Our elders are praying for you. Our staff is praying for you. We have a team that comes together every week, a prayer team that is praying for you. You know, as you start to think about that, you can wake up in the morning with confidence, knowing that somebody is walking the path with you as you face the difficulties of life. You know, I would encourage you this morning, find relationships that you know will pray for you. When we were younger, growing up, we were going through a tough time as a family when I, when I was little, and during this time, something happened that was weird. All of a sudden, our phone began ringing one time every morning at about 7.15 in the morning. You know, for those of you who don't remember, uh, you didn't have phones like this. There was actually something on the wall that rang, and it rang in every room that you had the phone in on the wall, and it was attached to the wall, and so... You know, if you were in your bedroom and asleep and you had a phone in your room, it rang. You couldn't mute it. There was no way to mute these things without kind of unplugging it or knocking it off the wall. And so through our house at 7.15 every morning, the phone would ring runs and we'd run to the phone and be like, hello? And you hear this annoying, you know, a dial tone. I can't even do it, but this annoying tone. And so we'd hang up. The next morning, we'd run to the phone, pick it up. It's like, oh. Well, come to find out it was happening not only at our house, but our aunt's house, and another aunt's house, and we're like, this is weird. So my aunt decided, I'm going to backtrace the call. So she called the phone company and said, this is annoying, it's happening, I want to find out who's doing it. And they traced that phone call back to a little town called Versailles, Illinois, where my grandma lived. And so a couple weeks later at my grandma's house, my dad finally says, hey, mom, our phone rings at 7.15 every morning. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you? And she began laughing because she said, you know what? I want you to know that from 6.30 to 7.15, after your father leaves for work, I'm praying for each of my grandkids and my parents, or and their parents, every morning. Do you know for a kid growing up, and for a young guy in starting in ministry and starting a family, what it meant to know that in Versailles, Illinois, every morning from 6.30 to 7.15, there was somebody praying specifically for me by name. You know, as I stop and think about that, you know what I would give to have my phone ring one time in the morning from Versailles, Illinois, every morning. Now, I want to challenge you this morning with this. Who can you pray for? Who can you be that person who says, you know what, no matter what you are going through, I'm remembering you in prayer this morning. That your life would be full of grace and peace. That you would know how to step into every good work bearing much fruit. You know, I believe each one of us need to be praying for people that way. And I believe that we need to have people praying for us that way. You know, that's why to me it's so important to have a circle. Because I know that at a moment's notice, 
those friends will pray for me if I ask. Now, they may pray for something I don't like, but at least they'll pray for me. This morning, I want to challenge you. Who can you pray for? And who can pray for you? As the band comes back up this morning, I want to do something maybe a little different. I want us all just kind of to stand together right where you're at. So go ahead and stand with me as the band comes back up and they're going to lead us in worship. And this morning, I want to end praying for you the same thing that Paul prayed day in and day out for in that church of Colossae. I want to pray this prayer over you, our entire Grand Point family, whether they're watching online or at another campus this morning. But I believe prayer, the encouragement of prayer, is vital for us to make it through the mud mud of life. It's the encouragement that we need to stand strong even in difficult times. Let's pray together. Father, I pray this morning that Grand Point Church, each person who calls it their home, would be filled with the knowledge of your will. That we would have spiritual understanding and wisdom to handle what you have in front of us this week. Lord, I pray that each one of us would walk worthy of you. That we would be fully pleasing in your sight, bearing your name. That we would bear fruit in every good work as we increase in our understanding of who you are and how you want us to live. Lord, this morning we give thanks for you who have qualified us, who have accepted us when we turn to you, that we get to share in the inheritance of your Son. Lord, I pray this week that you would deliver us from the domain of darkness and that we would live into the kingdom of your beloved Son because you've given us redemption and forgiveness of sins. Lord, I pray that this morning over each one of us. I pray that even though we face an uncertain future, and we may even feel like that church in Colossae who says, I'm not sure my future will ever be as good as my past. Lord, I pray that we will live into you. I pray that we will lean into your word, that we will lean into exactly what you have for us. And we ask it all in your son's name. Amen. One of the best lines in today's passage is in verse 5, where Paul says, The lines of purpose in your lives never grow slack, tightly tied as they are to your future in heaven, kept taut by hope. How does that inspire your determination to keep going? What do you feel is your line of purpose today? Spend some time as a family or as a circle or small group thinking through the people you could be praying for right now as they face some insurmountable difficulty and maybe take a few minutes to send some encouraging messages to them. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Grand Point Church Podcast. Your next step starts here. To learn more about us, visit grandpoint.church. And if you're enjoying this podcast, we would love for you to share it with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Grand Point Church. We would love to hear from you. We'll see you next week.